Welcome to the best of the Nick Brown Show, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's your host, Nick Brown. You hear the group Alabama. No, they're not from Hueytown. They're from Fort Payne. But we're going to go to Hueytown, Alabama's favorite son, and that's Lynn Scarborough from Wendy's Magazine, whose cable TV went out and hadn't watched one single moment of March Madness. No, that's, that's definitely not true. I, uh, <laughs> now I was. I know you and I have, been, have communicated. Um, I did not get back into Birmingham. Uh, I was another one of these marathon weeks that we have to do for Lindy's production. was in uh, Georgia, North and South Carolina from uh, Sunday night, Monday, all the way through uh, Thursday night. And it's, it's where you give, uh, give thanks for satellite radio becoming something you can get on cars. Because in the old days, it would have been out of known nothing. And uh, now, you know, driving, driving in the wee hours, uh, you know, during the night, you're able to have, uh, I know that on, uh, sat- on XM radio, the uh, channels that are carrying the NCAA tournament are channels 201 through 204. And uh, so I did listen to them. I didn't get to see, I did get to see a good bit yesterday. And I tell you, you can't, uh, I don't know how many people in the audience stayed up late to, uh, to watch them, but the last two games of the night, uh, you can't beat the way those two games ended. Uh, you want to see why the excitement of March Madness, uh, the end of the last two ball games, uh, will will you'll give you all that all that you need. Well, I tell you this: two things, Lynn. Number one, satellite radio is cuss words when you're on an FM. So you just say you heard them on AM radio. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. I try. I tried AM and uh, and FM, and, and couldn't pick them up. And, and also, yes, did stay up late. In fact, made it tough to get up to do the show this morning. Wife came in and said, you got to get up. So certainly got up and got moving, stayed up and watched them. And it's interesting that you and I have had this discussion over and over. Whenever we meet for barbecue that you buy, which I think now it's my turn to buy, and uh, the mid-majors, uh, you know, you, well, you, and, you know, you called me yesterday. I was on the air, by the way, because you and I have talked about we do a Conference USA report every week, and brought to you by Brendan Dodge and Jeep, who's the official vehicle of the Nick Brown Show, by the way. But we have talked about the strength of these teams, Lynn. I know you primarily do a lot of football writing, but you watch and you know. But UAB, Middle Tennessee, Louisiana Tech, these are three quality programs from Conference USA, and it only, in my opinion, validates what we have been saying about Conference USA should get an at-large bid somewhere because they're still a good conference, even though Memphis and Tulsa are gone. Yeah, and then, then Middle Tennessee State uh, does what they did. And, the, the, I mean, it was impressive that if they beat them uh, by one point on the fluke, but Michigan State never had the lead. They never had the lead. Middle Tennessee State beat them. And, and I was watching a show on uh, either ESPN or, or, or maybe CBS, and, and one, of the, uh, one of the panel groups had five guys on it, and uh, they chose who they thought was going to win the tournament. And either two or three out of the five chose Michigan State to win the entire thing, not just to beat Middle Tennessee, to beat the champions. And Middle Tennessee beats them in the first ball game and they never even have the lead. I, I, think, I think the results of the games uh, Thursday and Friday probably made the case for what you and I are talking about. You know, don't, don't lessen the uh, involvement of the, of the non-power conferences. Out of the, out of the 32 games, 13 of them were won by the seed that was nine or above, 19 of them below. So only really if it had been a swing of three. And, uh, and there are ten teams that were ranked in double figures that were, that were rated 10 through 16. Ten of those won their ball games. 
Well, not but 32 games. So one-third, basically, one-third of the teams that were ranked 10th or higher won their games. And I have not gone back and checked that. I don't know really how you would check it. Somebody could. But I suspect that you've never had a first two days of the NCAA tournament when 10 teams ranked 10 or higher won the ball games. And, uh, and some of them were very impressive wins. Some of them were, uh, were you know, buzzer beaters at the end. I mean, you can't, you can't get more exciting than uh, what Northern Iowa did against Texas. Because with 2.5 seconds or whatever, you think Texas has taken that game to overtime uh, with, a, with a great play. And then uh, the Northern Illinois guy throws the ball from, from his side of the court. He was probably two strides from being to midcourt. So this is a 50-foot heave. And he gets it, and they win the ball game. And then, uh, for those that watched uh, St. Joseph's in Cincinnati, uh, you think that Cincinnati has tied the game on a dunk uh, at the end of the ball game, and it's such a, a tight thing that they have to do replay that lasts like five minutes, and determine that because it was a dunk, it did not leave his fingers until his fingers went over the edge of the rim. If he had laid it up on the backboard, or if he had gone up and dropped it down in, then it probably would have taken the game to overtime. Do you? Uh, I, I, let me stop you right there because obviously you and I and John Tabor never had to experience a dunk, and I've told people that if I could dunk a basketball, I would probably end up dying of starvation because I would never leave the gym. I would just stay there and dunk all day long. Uh, you know, we had an eight-foot goal at my house just for that reason so that I could dunk. Yes, I can't jump over dental floss. But here's the thing. Could you look at a possible rule change there that on a dunk, because the ball was, I mean, the ball was literally in the cylinder right. half the way down. Right. I mean, it was half the way down. But it was still touching his hand, and I saw Charles Barkley yeah, that was an explanation after yes. that and said, the rule is it has to have left your hand. And there's never been a rule that would, that would say it has to have left your hand unless your hand is down in the goal. Well, I'm just saying we could make the, uh, make the exception, make a rule. But, I mean, obviously, you know, and that's got to be frustrating. I mean, you know, certainly – all right, I, I, we have a Lynn. You have a law, a large fan audience here, and I want to get your opinion on something. Uh, I normally don't take text, uh, but I mean, they're, you got a good following here. Uh, the opinion is that well, this is from Jason. Okay. They will never let more mid-major teams in for one reason: the big conferences want all the revenue distribution shares to themselves. The more little guys that get in, and the more they win, that's less cash the big boys get to stuff their pockets with. Any truth to that, you think? Well, I think I think Jason's right up to a point uh, because there's no question everything's driven by revenue. I mean, there's no question about that. That's why we've got those additional uh, four teams. It used to be 64. I mean, when I started when I started following the tournament, it was 32. When you started following, it was the NIT tournament. That, that's right. Yeah, they were dropping it into a uh, into some kind of a bushel corn basket on the edge of a barn. Um, but, I'm but, not saying you're old, but James Na- James Naismith and you were neighbors. Is that he right? Just, he actually lived around the corner. <laughs> The, uh, I, I remember. I remember when uh, when uh, Adolph Rupp and Fog Alley were play, playing out in uh, out in Kansas. The, um, but but no, I think he's right up to a point. And the pairings are made because of money. Um, there's no question. Your your Power Five schools. I, I, I know they're not called Power Five in basketball, but yeah, they are. We, we do. Well, yeah, I do too. I call them that too. But that's based on on you know, the way we talk to them in football. But but there's no question that the more of those schools that get in. They've got the bigger fan bases. They're, they're for the most parts in the bigger towns. They get the ratings better. Uh, they set up the pairings, which, which by the way, boy, did that Western Division uh, uh, 
Western Region pairings get screwed. Hey, hey Shaka let us down. Like, everyone wanted to see that Texas A&M-Texas battle, didn't they? Well, yeah, and you had seen you had Baylor in that same group. You had Baylor in the same one. So you had you had uh, three teams from the from the Big Twelve. You had Baylor, Texas, and Oklahoma all in the in the West Region, and then you had Texas A&M who used to be uh, there, and they were scheduled to be playing in Oklahoma City tomorrow. Well, I would, I would say that Northern Iowa and, uh, and Yale had a little bit different idea. They forgot to tell Northern Iowa and Yale uh, this plan they had about, uh, about A&M and the Big 12 teams, the Power 5 teams, like Jason's saying. So, so yeah, I, think, I, don't, I don't think that, uh, that the conference is getting the additional revenue is the only reason, but I, I do think that's a factor. I think that, that uh, money – Absolutely is, and uh, that would go to everybody. Because and and certainly the the Power Five conferences are going to split a larger. The more revenue there is, they're going to split it among the uh, teams. And and the more teams you get to participate, the more that's going to be. Um, and, and so I I don't think there's any question that revenue is 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 now what drives so much in college sports. And I think it has a absolutely has a bearing in the in the way they do the pairings and in the teams that get in. I don't think it's the only factor, but I but I think absolutely it's a factor. We're talking with Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. That's the premier college football magazine. But Lynn's showing you that he does know more than just football. If you were a conference commissioner, and I talked about this, Lynn, because you and I have talked about the at-large bids, and you live in Birmingham, no stranger to UAB, of course, and you know should have gotten an at-large bid, and you'll say they did it to themselves. But I think that the system did it to him in a way, what would you do if Lynn Scarborough, which, by the way, I think you would make an excellent conference commissioner, and I can give you two scenarios. I can put you in the Conference USA, which you'd have to move to Texas, or I can put you in the Sun Belt as their commissioner, and you'd move to New Orleans. But you would have, here's what you've had. You've had Georgia State with victories. You've had Little Rock with victories. So you've had two teams with the victories in the past two seasons. And then also you turn around, if you were at Conference USA, you've had UAB, and now you've had Middle Tennessee, which some, I don't think it is, but some are calling it the biggest upset in NCAA tournament history. I'm not there. But what would you do, and how would you, to the selection committee, to let them know this is what we've done, so hopefully you get an at-large bid the next season? Well, what, what, the only way you're going to be able to make the case is you've got to strengthen your schedule. Because as long as they're going to look at that and give their argument, you got to you got to strengthen your schedule. I was on the uh, I was on uh, ESPN out in Boise. I, I, you know the relationship we've always had out out there in that. Region. You had it one time. The only Mountain West football magazine. We, we, we for about five years. We did a we did a Mountain West magazine with only guys that did it. And I still do a do a show in in Boise, Idaho, and and we were talking about what does what does their conference need to do and and conferences like that and and um and the point that we made was was just that is that. Uh, if they're going to view it, if, they're, if they are looking for excuses to leave out teams from, from the, the next tier down of conferences, then all you can do is strengthen your schedule. And then one of the co-hosts jumped in and said, yeah, and you've got to win about half of them. And I said, yeah, that's right. You, you know, having a quality loss is still a loss. You need to have quality losses, uh, but you also need to, to show that when we play these, these bigger guys, we can win some of them. And, um, and, and unfortunately, most of the time, when the when the schools from that level play the the upper level schools, they they usually lose, and uh, maybe not quite as much in basketball as football, but 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 they normally do. So I really think the only thing that they can do is uh, is to strengthen the schedule and win some of those out of conference ball games. The, the reason South Carolina didn't make the tournament, which you talk about a rip off. I mean, I think that absolutely was a rip. And and when you look at what Vanderbilt did, the egg they laid, uh, that shows they shouldn't have been there. Although Wichita State now 
is one that's looking. Uh, they now are a, a play-in team that's going to be playing for the, the third ball game. Uh, but it's, um, it, it's to where, you know, like South Carolina, they were 24, 25, and 8 and, uh, in a Power 5 conference. And you would say, well, you, like going by what we've been saying and, and what Jason was saying, um, you know, they would get in because they're a Power 5 team and look at their record. But because they didn't play a good non-conference schedule, they don't put them in there. And, um, and you certainly got to make a case that a, a 24, 25, and 18 from the SEC ought to be, ought to be in the tournament. And I certainly think a, 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 a team that's 25 or 26 and 5, whatever UAB was, I think certainly should have been there. And the, the argument, the bad thing to me, uh, Nick, on the UAB deal, and again, that's a home, it's my hometown team, and you know my wife graduated from there, and everybody that listens to the shows know that. Well, wait a minute, though. She only graduated, she graduated from UAB, took classes at Southern Miss, and where else? Uh, Auburn, uh, LS, LSU, uh, the, the New Orleans LSU, no, so LSU, and uh, has got a graduate degree from Montevallo. So she got uh, she got five schools. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, but but the um, but the point the point being that you know your teams like your teams like that, you've got you know. You've got to get out there and make the and make the case that you're that you deserve to be there. You got to earn respect. Well, I think UAB over the years has earned the respect. They've had a they've had a quality program. Look what they did last year against Iowa State and advanced in the tournament. Not only did UAB not get uh, in the in the uh, NCAA tournament, they got in the NIT with a as a seven seed. And if you if you view that literally literally legitimately, that means there were six other teams in every region that got it over them, which means they were in the lower group of teams that even got an NIT bid. They get sent 1,500 miles to play in Utah in the last game at night. So uh, what a slap in the face to UAB and Conference USA to send their, to send their champion, uh, their regular season champion, who's easily got the best record in the conference, and you not only don't even consider them for the tournament, you give them a low seed in the NIT and give them one of the most difficult uh, challenges to try to win a ball game. So I, I had no thought at all UAB would, would have a chance to win that ball game. No, and, 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 and they I, didn't. All right, but here's the thing. We're talking to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine, showing you that he can talk more than just football. He really knows his stuff and a great writer, and they got a great web page. You can go read the works that he's done. That is, furthermore, the slap in the face for these mid-majors, nothing you can do about it. I mean, you look at Middle Tennessee, a uh, 15C. That just fit their bracket to me, in my opinion, when the selection committee, they said, okay, we can set this up and have Texas play in Texas A&M. We can have Brad Underwood and Stephen F. Austin play in West Virginia because Brad Underwood coached with Bob Huggins. That's going to be a great story. So after all their great storylines were put in, oh, by the way, we're just going to make middle of 15 seed and let them play Michigan State. Yeah. And because they know that's a sure way to get Michigan State to continue to advance. Well, you got ten teams right now that are on airplanes or buses going back home today, uh, ten of them, that were playing teams that were ten seeds or higher. And I'll guarantee you the fan bases for those teams were not counting on being a, being a one and out. Uh, and, and a lot of those that are above that are, you know, 12s and 13s and 14s, and, I mean, that, that won ball games in the case of Middle Tennessee uh, a fifteen, and and I love it. I think I think it's great. I mean, I like it when when the Butlers advance and the uh, James Madisons and you know and hey, in the Middle Tennessee's. Hey, this is and the thing is with Middle Tennessee, they're playing Syracuse. Syracuse is one of the is uh, is one of those tens. They knocked off a of they knocked off Dayton, and it's no guarantee that Syracuse is going to beat Middle Tennessee. 
uh, Syracuse lost 13 ball games. This isn't a great Syracuse team. So, it's, you know, if Middle Tennessee plays with the same intensity, they could win that. Hey, I'll give you a ridiculous one. Uh, Duke only has seven scholarship players available. Are these the first ball game? Heck, Auburn had eight. You know, I, I don't remember covering a team as decimated as Auburn was this year. And they had eight scholarship players at the end of the year. Right, if, I, if I heard it right, Duke didn't have but seven. Okay. I mean, Yale could give them a game, Nick. I want to ask you a question because I know it's a rhetorical question. There may not even be an answer to it. But you take it, Kentucky. Did they, did they lose to Auburn this year? Sure. Okay, so Kentucky loses to Auburn. And nothing really gets said about that. I mean, it makes a blurb at the bottom of a screen, bad loss, but really nothing. But then you take, uh, let's just take Louisiana Tech, because I won't, I won't take UAB, because you talked about their record, because you said they did it to themselves with the bad conference losses. Why does a bad loss hurt a mid-major more than it does a big guy? Because you take, like, Louisiana Tech, defeated Ohio State, defeated Florida Gulf Coast, defeated uh, Middle Tennessee, and defeated UAB. Now, I know this wasn't the year for Louisiana Tech to get into the tournament, but you will say they had a terrible loss at Memphis and a terrible loss at Ole Miss. Well, I would say Louisiana Tech losing to Ole Miss is pale in comparison to Kentucky losing to an Auburn team that you could have started for. Well, I, I agree with you. And that, that gets to the point that Jason said, is that uh, the, the Power Five teams, the Power Five conferences, are given more credence. And so a, a Kentucky off a of reputation, and, and Kentucky is a little bit of a unique deal because you've got, you've got six or eight programs in the country that are going to be given the benefit of the doubt. It's just how it is. Maybe, maybe they've earned that over the, over the years of tradition. North Carolina, Duke, uh, Kentucky, Kansas, uh, you know, UCLA, Indiana, uh, you know, you've got, you've got those programs that, that are there. And, and they're viewed in a different light. They're sort of like, you know, we, we, we say the big, the big 15 or the big 20 in college football. You know, you've got half a dozen, the, the quote, big six in the SEC. we got 14 teams in the SEC. But uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you a little thing. Since 1963, this is getting off the subject. We're back to it. Since 1963. Hey, hold up for a second. Okay. One of us ever being on subject. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Since 1963, which is what, uh, 53 years? Uh, uh, 46, I'm uh, 46, 52. 52 years. Every single SEC football championship, every one, has been won by Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Georgia, Florida, or Tennessee. Of the uh, uh, 52 consecutive SEC football championships, have been won by those six teams, what you call the Power Six. So right now you got 14 teams in the league. You had 12 for so long. You had 10 for long before that. You had Georgia Tech and Tulane in there for a while. Uh, 52 consecutive. So I would have to say that those six teams are among the top teams in the country that probably have earned being viewed psychologically on a little higher plane. But that doesn't mean that every year, that if they've had a collapse or they've had a bad situation, they ought to get the advantage over a team that's a, quote, lesser team or lesser conference uh, if they have earned it on the playing on the playing field or the playing surface. And, uh, you know, so it's, um, I mean, I, I would not like to be in a selection committee. I know that. No, I would want you on the selection committee. I, I would want you there. Now, I want to give you a little background 
uh, on Kermit Davis because I've been doing some figures because you always bring, you know, I'm just the appetizer. I'm just the, you know, I, I'm not the main course. So I want to feel like that I contribute to your section. I, I mean, you know, I, I am, you know, I'm the sidekick here. You carry it. I know your shoulders get tired. I'm going to go to Kermit Davis from Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Now, Kermit Davis was born in Leakful, Mississippi. Now, I, I certainly did not know that. Okay. Now, here's the thing. For all of our listeners that go to the beach, you go down, and you probably hit on what I've always referred to as Bloody 98 out of Hattiesburg. And you're going to see signs for Loosedale. Well, right over north of Loosedale is Leakesville, Mississippi, in between Loosedale and Waynesboro, really close to the Alabama line. Right. Okay. So basically it is a really, really small community, okay? So very small. So first of all, I'm, I'm happy about that. But then you look at Kermit Davis of where he has been. First of all, he did uh, graduate from Mississippi State University. And of course, after a, uh, a stint at a community college, but he's a coach for Middle Tennessee. But his coaching career, Mississippi State Assistant, Southwest Mississippi Community College, Idaho. You go to Idaho. I don't know if he coached in the Kibbe Dome. Then, then he was, that's right. Then he was a head coach at Idaho. Then A&M. After A&M, and I know that I can't remember what it was. You were, you were covered at 1991. Uh, I think it might have been something or a scandal. But he, he landed on his feet at Chipola Junior College in Mariana, Florida, where where my which has a really good program, by the way, which where my my late uncle, may he rest in peace, was the history head of the history department at Chipola Junior College, and used to go see him play. Great, great uh, basketball powerhouse. Yep. Then he was the head coach at Chipola, then to Utah State, and then to Idaho. He was an LSU assistant for five years, and now at Middle Tennessee. A guy like that, you pull for. I mean, and, and here's the thing too. I'm gonna I'm gonna give credit to the Murfreesboro and the administration for Middle Tennessee. Having all, all of those years at Middle Tennessee have not been glamorous, number one. But you stick with a guy because you're going to see the turnover because somebody's going to want to get Chris Beard from Little Rock after they win and, and all of these things. So that's more going into it with a guy from a mid-major because they've been a lifer in the, for the most part in the mid-majors, but you pull for them. But, Lynn, here's my nugget. There were 13 million brackets filled out. 3%, 3% had Middle Tennessee beating Michigan State. I would have thought it would have been 1%. The, that is 39,000 people for the math major. Out of how many millions? 13 million. Wow. The that population. Really more than I thought it would be. Nick. The population of Murfreesboro is 108,755. So. A third of your city. <laughs> hey, here's the thing about Kermit Davis. You you just got to like him because he's so humble. He is a, he's got humility. He's got he really's got class. He I, I don't know if you watched his interview yesterday after the game, but he just handled it so well. And he let his guys celebrate, but he brought he brought them right back down to earth. And um, I. He has to understand the magnitude of what their team did yesterday. In the big picture, I, I think, what is it, six or seven times in the entire tournament of the history of 15's lost? And it's a small number of times. And, um, and uh, he has to realize the magnitude of what his team did. And he not only did it against the number two, he did it against the number two that a lot of people thought was going to win the entire thing. But he's very, he has great humility. He gives credit where it's due. Um, he's, he's not, uh, you know, not bubbling around and jumping, doing flips on the court. It's like, hey, I've been here before. 
Uh, he comes across like a like a, a, a veteran, a professional, uh, and really just represented Middle Tennessee in the conference so well. And I, I thought after it went off that this is the way a coach ought to be. This shows this is a veteran guy. Yeah, very, very humble, and certainly that was great. And, and as always, Lynn, you know, we, we don't do false advertising here on the Nick Brown Show. And, by the way, Jason just uh, tweeted out a picture of the wedding cake-filled donut that I told him about. And, Lynn, I know with your sugar levels that you won't ever have this. I so. won't be, no, I won't be eating that. So, so I will eat it and tell you how great it is. He didn't. Don't tell me. Yes, here you go. Now you have again taken us to ten. Tell us what all is going out, what going on at Lindy's Magazine, and tell us about the website as well. Well, six weeks from today, Lindy's 2016 Southeastern College Football uh, Edition goes to the press. Six weeks from today. So in that meantime, we'll be uh, you know doing interviews, writing stories. Uh, editing publications, getting layouts and everything done uh, for that publication. And uh, we'll be, uh, oh, that's the editorial side of what we'll be doing on, on my marketing end, be, uh, you know, on the road and, uh, and calling on people that are marketing and advertising uh, clients with Lindy's and, and partners. And uh, we appreciate all those guys just like we appreciate the guys that support us, uh, you know, when we're on the shows on the radio. And we uh, got lindysports.com. We have about 100 uh, new uh, sports stories up every day. We partner with the Sports Exchange. Uh, we have individual uh, individual columns, and uh, we invite people to come to our website. Uh, on the on the newsstands now, our Major League Baseball magazine, our, our Baseball Fantasy magazine, and our NFL Draft magazine are, are on newsstands. Anytime you can't find our publications, call our office, go to our website, and uh, unless we're just totally sold out of inventory, which does happen sometimes, then we'll make sure that uh, we get those publications to you. Well, we certainly uh, appreciate it and look forward to talking to you again uh, next week and certainly enjoy the rest of the tournament. Absolutely. Be watching it today while I'm sitting at the computer. There you go. And that was Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Nick Brown Show. Tune in live every Saturday on ESPN977.com or subscribe to the show in iTunes on Stitcher or at redpeachsports.com.